Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. As we prepare for mating start date, we hear from dairy farmer Tom O'Connell on how he has refined his breeding season and is hitting excellent performance in terms of a high six week calving rate and low empty rates. And I started by asking Tom to give us some information about his farm system. I'm farming in Inniscarra there in the west of, of Cork City, Oakley Valley. Um, farming with my wife, uh, Helen, and we've uh, four children and with us on the farm, it's a family farm. Um, we, it's, we're making 320 uh, crossbred cows, um, kind of delivering over 500 kgs of milk solids and kind of um, roughly about 800 kgs of ration on a good year. Um, and I suppose, uh, yeah, and our six-week calving rate has been kind of averaged out about 90% over the last three years. And, and you mentioned really high level of performance in terms of milk productivity and fertility there, 90% six-week calving rate. What are the key drivers of that high six-week calving rate from your experience, Tom? Key drivers, I think, are, I suppose, over the, over the number of years or over the years, we've uh, managed to shorten our um, breeding season. And um, I think that's, that has a big impact because... Um, we're back to, uh, we just do 11 weeks of breeding over the last number of years. And uh, it just means that all the cows, the last cow is calved before you start um, your breeding season. So, and a lot of the cows are calved with long time. So I suppose it gives them a great chance to go back and calf. And it probably has a big impact on the kgs of, of milk solids that are delivered throughout the year then as well. And when we think about six week calving rate, sometimes that is, I suppose, a slightly manufactured figure if there are a lot of heifers. So I suppose to you, Tom, what level of a replacement rate would you have on farm, say, last year? Well, in this this past um, this spring now, we've uh, a 17 percent uh, replacement rate going to the herd. Um, we have more heifers on the farm. But uh, we sell some extra. We also have heifers that um, for another farm we're involved in as well. So we keep them on the farm. But 17% is what entered the herd this year. Um, because I suppose following our um, last year at the end of our 11 weeks, we ended up with a very good empty rate. We had only 4% empty. So I suppose it, it allowed us lots of options and we didn't really need um high replacement rate and just to, just on that before we move on for a minute tom so you you were you're working with four percent empty you brought in 17 percent heifers so i guess there was 13 percent of the the cows on the farm were voluntary uh, culls essentially what sort of animals were taken out of the herd um you know in that 13 percent with the last number of years, I suppose we've followed a kind of a protocol that we, we'd kind of pick at everything, really. We'd pick a few cows that would be starting to get um, troublesome with their legs, a few low production cows and um, uh, cell count issues. And uh, we kind of pick a few of everything every year, I think, um, and maybe a few later calvers, a uh, handful of April calvers as well then, just to keep it, um, keep it t- tidy, like, you know. And if we can revert back to last week's last year's breeding season, um, you know, you mentioned a 90 percent six week calving rate this spring. So what did the breeding season look like in terms of the submission rate and conception rate that you achieved? The submission rate for the cows um, 
was was kind of ninety percent um, submission rate uh, with the last couple of years as well, and um, the the submission rate for the heifers is be slightly higher, like because you generally get all the heifers, and uh, because we followed the with the scratch cards, um, yeah. So and the conception rate for the cows would be tip for the first service would be sixty percent, and the conception rate for the heifers would generally be about seventy percent for the for the first surface. Are you happy with that number, Tom, in terms of conception rate at 60% or are you targeting something higher there? I Well, I would be targeting something higher there, I suppose, yeah. Um, would be, I mean, we'd be constantly trying to improve the, the, the fertility um, index in the herd as well um, to try and see if we can, you know, just keep it tidy. But um, yeah, look, I suppose... Uh, we're still happy with the six week rate like so you know um obviously the the higher the the um the higher figure that we can achieve and 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 conception rate to the first uh, service the better like you mentioned that the breeding season is now at 11 weeks and you, you talk about tightening things up and and, and having a i suppose a, a tidy calving season you know at 11 weeks now where has that come from Traditionally, when years ago we would have been a liquid um, herd, so we'd have had some cows calving in the autumn. But even even of more recently, I suppose we would have had a kind of more uh, much more spread out um, calving calving um, period and breeding season. Um, we would have brought it back over the years from originally. I'd say we would have had about thirteen to fourteen weeks of breeding, and we'd have brought it back. Um, you know, uh, three or four days uh, every year until we kind of hit 11 weeks. I'm kind of happy now with 11 weeks because I feel that uh, with you, if you're going um, breeding at the same date every year and you do 11 uh, weeks breeding, your last cow will you de- technically should definitely be calved before you start breeding. Like So that's what we kind of, that's what we aim for and that's what we like. And, and you mentioned a low empty rate last year, but I, I guess as you pull back the breeding season and the the length of the breeding season by that three, four days every year. Did you see in some years a high level of casualties in terms of the number of cows that were culled because they weren't in calf? We would have, yeah. Initially, we would have had a higher, uh, higher levels of empty rate. Um, but I suppose we kind of um, had it in our heads that, that maybe we needed to get to a, a target and um, we needed to get to our, our herd of cows to a standard as well that um, maybe sometimes the ones that were falling out of the system maybe just um, weren't uh, you know, fitting into our system very well and that we kind of ended up with maybe a better herd of cows at the end of it. Yeah, and it's an interesting one, Tom, because you know, the, I think the standard now in a lot of farms is is the 12 weeks and you're slightly shorter than that. But if we think about the cow's 21 day cycle, you know, cows do have four opportunities to go in calf. So as you say, a cow that falls out of the system because she doesn't go in calf in that time, maybe that is not an animal that fits the seasonal calving system and remit that the likes of yourself are trying to employ on farm. Yeah, I think if you want to try I, I agree with that, um, Emma Louise. Yeah, I think that um, if you want to try and keep the uh, the system as simple as possible, you kind of, you know, you 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 maybe sometimes you do have to um, suffer a few extra losses at the, at the end to achieve um, the type of herd that you that you need for your system. Like, and it just makes 
you know, it just makes makes it easier in the long run. You probably end up in a better place. And just reverting back to another question, Tom, you know, there's a lot of scope, um, you know, with that low empty rate. And, and you, you mentioned some of the, the the problem cows, essentially, or the low performing cows that you select out of the herd. Is there a situation where those cows that you have bred on week 10 and 11 of the breeding season that you can also sell those as in calf cows? Absolutely, yes, yeah. I, I think there is the opportunity there to to make that choice. Um, but I, uh, when the when, when the time comes, um, particularly if you have, if if the if the year has went well and you end up at a low empty rate, and you I don't see and you have uh, room in your system that you don't have to call a lot of cows for any other reason. I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't um, make that decision. Back to your eleven week breeding season what does that look like and what will the next couple of months look like on your farm in terms of ai stock bull what's the combination you use tom we'll start off with uh, ai only for the first three weeks um, when we just when we start our breeding and uh, we use tail paint um as heat detection and for the first three weeks we'll do um we'll read the tail paint and we'll ai uh, for the second three weeks, we'll keep on uh, with the tail paint, but we'll also introduce some teaser bulls um, to help us to pick them up at that point. And then for the third um, three weeks, for week six to week nine, we'll um, we'll introduce um, bulls, but we will also keep ailing. And then um, for the last two weeks, we just rely on the bulls then because the numbers are gone very small at that point. And why, Tom, do the combination of both? Um, you're saying the first um, six weeks essentially is AI only. Uh, week seven on, you're going to introduce the bull, but continuing to AI at the same time. Yeah, we. I feel that um, that sometimes that the focus can can get lost after six weeks. That people maybe sometimes think that the job is done, but they're still. I suppose that's where the. Um, where where you need we feel that sometimes things can get lost that if the if you're depending on bulls they may, may not do what you expect them to do or you might end up with maybe more cows bullying than you expected on a particular day so we just uh, just to cover off as an insurance policy um we feel that uh, it's it's it works well to just keep going um with the bulls just to, to make sure that you're giving the cows every chance to go back in calf and given the fact that you're continuing to AI, is that something you'd consider to do um, as AI only for the full breeding season? Possibly might be if you know going forward with the if we were if we were to move at, at the moment we're using tail paint, but like if we were to move to a situation where we were using um, heat detection aids and we were very happy with the way they were working, I suppose we might. Um, we might consider it for the, you know, from a safety point of view on the farm to, to, to um, if we thought we could, we could manage without having the pulse, probably would be something we consider going forward. Like, And in terms of the AI you're using, are you using a combination of beef and dairy AI or is it just dairy AI for the first six weeks? No, before the breeding season would start, uh, we'd have we'd have selected cows that we're going to breed to beef, um, generally based on um the poor performing cows in the herd, basically, I suppose we'd um, we'd have have them um, pre-selected, and they'd have been um, they they would be getting beef straws from the from from day one of breeding, and then once we get um, 
after about three weeks for the second, uh, we usually have enough um, dairy use. So for the second uh, three weeks, it's 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 uh, predominantly uh, beef then at that stage. Turning our attention then to the heifers, Tom, uh, what sort of management system are ye employing with them? Have ye them on the milking platform out out farm, or are ye contract rearing them? No, we 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 are rearing the heifers ourselves. So. Um, and they're on an outside block. Um, they go out there as calves, and um, so they and they're there as well for the second year. So they, when, when we're breeding them, they're they're on an outside farm, and the, the farm is about eight kilometers away. So um, what we have been doing with the, with with last number of years is we've been using scratch cards um, for heat detection and uh, and teaser bulls as well uh, with chin paws but um and it worked very well but um we're we're considering um using or we are going using um fixed time ai and the heifers this year just to cut down on the uh on the labor because uh when you're traveling over and back for so many days it'll uh, hopefully reduce the workload but um we're planning on doing them fixed time ai about two days before we start um breeding the cows at home so that we have the heifers um, bred before we start at the cows. So it's another job out of the way. So we can just concentrate on the cows then at that stage. Well, I suppose the other thing that we'd have to be conscious of as well is, is uh, when you're doing fixed MAI, is that um, the repeats. So I suppose our plan for the, we're planning on doing the 70 heifers is um, uh, for the, coming for, coming up to the three weeks, we'll probably split them into three groups. And um, our plan is to put uh, two or three bulls then with each group. So there'll be um, whatever 22 or three heifers in each group and uh, we, we hope to have them covered off that way for the repeats that's that's our plan anyway um, and f- for the heifers how many heifers are you retaining for the 320 cows in terms of replacement numbers uh, well we'll breed um, we've we've about 70 selected about what is 22 percent and um, yeah we'll we'll breed those ones to AI and uh, we also have other heifers that we'll we'll breed beef, but um, Angus bulls. But uh, we we lamb, yeah. So that's what we're uh, we're we're genomically um, testing the heifers now to pick out the the uh, hopefully the better ones to retain for ourselves. You know to to select the best heifers to um, to hold on to ourselves, and we'll be selling the remainder then. And Tom, um, I would have seen you previously speak at a Grassland conference in in relation to labour and, you know, you seem to have a good focus on labour management and labour efficiency. If we consider um, labour saving measures around the breeding season, um, you know, what do you think works um, or are there future uh, plans that you would have from a labour perspective to reduce the workload? Okay, Emily's. Yeah, I suppose on that, um, having eleven weeks of 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 breeding season the previous year, it means that the calving is finished anyway before you're starting um, your AI. So that's that's kind of one thing out of the way. It tidies it up. Um, the other thing would be the um, what we find very useful there with years we're, we're AIing just once a day, so we select and draft out the cows in the morning time, and. Um, uh, I suppose we have an automatic drafting gate and uh, we just uh, get all that work done in the morning time. The cows are picked out and they're AI's. And when there's people working in the farm, I think it just makes it easier that um, nobody's hanging around in the evening um, 
all the work is done in the morning time. It's just, it just, it makes it easier. Like, um, and also then I suppose we're hoping that uh, also doing the fixed time AI and the heifers and having them done before, before we start breeding the cows take some of the pressure off there as well. But um, going forward, look, we'll be looking at heat detection um, devices, I think, collars and, and, uh, and, and giving them serious consideration because um, it's, it's just uh, another, it'll, it probably, I don't expect it could hugely improve our um, fertility, but it probably just cut out on, on the workload and, uh, and the need for, you know, ourselves to be there every morning maybe to to um to uh, check those goals and just to make it easier if we sit back tom and consider your situation i think you know you're in a really good position that a lot of us are striving to be in ourselves um you know really good uh, six-week calving rate and a low empty rate and I, I think you've articulated well. It hasn't just happened overnight. It it has been a journey, um, and it ha- and you know it it has you know a matter of things like reducing the the length of the breeding season by three or four days a year, and you know you have now gotten to a, a very good stage. So if you could give us some advice to to wrap up, you know maybe one or two fundamental focus areas for you that you think are really important every year in order to have a successful breeding season? For me, anyway, what, I, what we feel is important here on the farm is, um, yeah, it's, it's having the cows maybe in, in, in dry condition. It would be a big one for, before the breeding season starts. Um, you know, uh, having calvary down in dry condition, trying to keep them in dry condition so that they're, they're set up well, keep them on grass and have them ready for the breeding season. And then when the, I suppose, once the, the other thing that we've, in the longer term, maybe is to try and cut back your breeding season to, to kind of end up with an 11 week breeding season, I think is, is where it's really, it, um, it pays dividends, like, and it just makes the whole thing an awful lot easier. Um, and it's kind of, it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't happen overnight. You might have to accept a uh, higher replacement rate for a number of years um, to get there. But I think it's it's worth it, worth the journey. And um, I suppose, um, look, when you are breeding, I think, and uh, the breeding season is around the corner, that, look, you just need to um, maybe to focus on it while you're at it. And maybe, you know, we feel anyway that it's important to keep going. Um, those extra few weeks with the AI just to make sure that um, that you're not missing out on anything and that you're giving the cows every chance at that stage. Those would be kind of a lot of the, the key things I think there, um, Emma Louise. And, and it's interesting, Tom, like not in an insulting way, but there's nothing really revolutionary there. It's getting all those basics right is what you're talking about. And I think if we think about the breeding season, what we do now in the next couple of weeks and, and, you know, across the breeding season will have a huge impact uh, on our lactation next year. And essentially it's where it's won and lost. Um, So it's just important to get those uh, fundamental fundamental things right and make sure um, everyone is well set up ahead of mating start date. And and finally, to finish a, a point that you made, Tom, and probably something that we should all be conscious on, you know, safety around the breeding season, cows bulling and also teaser bulls and, and eventually the stock bulls in the system that, you know, everyone on the farm is aware of the potential dangers that exist there. Thank you, Tom. OK, absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much, Emily Louise. 
that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Tom O'Connell for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.